Life without tapas is like a heart without love. That is a quote by B.K.S. Yanger. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. I'm delighted to announce that I'll be speaking at Women in Tech, Texas Conference on May 19th through 20th, 2022. This event offers an immersive educational experience for like-minded women to access proven strategies and tools to support them in their mission to achieve their career goals. Registration is now open. Book your pass today and secure a 15% discount with my discount code WITTSPEAKER15. Again, that code is WITTSPEAKER15. And to register, go to the website www.women-in-tech.com. Hello, welcome to episode 167. The topic of this week's episode is living a tapas life. My guest this week is Andy Robin. Andy was born in Chicago and raised in Mexico City. He was an entrepreneur with his dad in the computer industry in the early 70s and in Mexico City. Andy is an executive coach and life coach. He wrote Tapas Life to do some good for others. Hello, Andy. Welcome to Trina Talk. Thank you, Trina. Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you here as well. Now, we have a couple of things in common. I see you were born in Chicago, but you yep. moved. I'm originally born and raised in Chicago as well. <laughs> you went to the University of Texas at Austin. I'm in Texas. So okay. some things you got a computer science degree. I got a computer science degree. So it's kind of, you know. <laughs> well, that's very cool. I like that. Yeah. So we have some things in common. But usually how I like to start off the show, I have my guest tell the listeners who you are and what made you become the Andy that you are today. Okay, well, uh, after Chicago, on my seventh birthday, my father, who was an entrepreneur, moved the family to Mexico City, Mexico. Didn't know anybody down there, didn't speak any Spanish, had no relationship, but had a business opportunity. So I grew up there. And uh, that helped me because I came to understand by and by that there are different cultures with different ideas. And that helped prepare me for a career in marketing. And uh, I had a long career in marketing tech products, business to business, not business to consumer. And uh, when my wife and I uh, were preparing to get married, we talked about what we wanted out of life, both wanted to have our careers which were going well, both wanted to be at-home caregivers to our couple of kids we hope to have someday. 
And we decided to do that sequentially. So she quit her big job. We had kids. Uh, along the way, she found a new career, got a master's and PhD in a new field in her personal stuff. And that delayed our swap. Uh, we were gonna, I was going to become house dad when the kids were around seven and nine. Instead, I got them when they were 13 and 15. Wow. And so I had uh, five great years after being an executive in tech with uh, our kids before they had both launched to college. And then I had to gradually find a life for myself. So I uh, tried doing some part-time work. I tried doing some different things. Uh, and eventually, after about four and a half years, I had finally assembled what I called my tapas life. And uh, if you're familiar with the small dishes of Spain, mm -hmm. instead of the American style of a huge porterhouse steak and some potatoes that crowd out the rest of anything, kind of like one's long career, the idea of tapas is that you have lots of little dishes. You can mix them and match them, pick and choose. If you don't like one, order a different one. If you like one a lot, order another of the same. And I've tried to, an assemb to assemble a life like that. And it's a, it's a great one. It's rich and rewarding. And eventually I, I wrote a book about it. And that's, that's how I got to be who I am today. Very interesting. Yeah, when I saw tapas, I, that's what I thought about. I was like, because Spain is one of my favorite places. So I was like, ah, you you know, immediately I got hungry <laughs> looking at the name. I was like, Tapas. Yes, I love Tapas. So so tell us about the book and tell us about your journey that made you come up with the book and, and use the word Tapas as a, you know, a synonym for how your life was going. Yes, sure. I mean, I was really poking around in the dark there for four and a half years trying to figure it all out. And then the way the name of the book came about is I was walking along in the street in our neighborhood and ran into a friend I had not seen in a while. And he said, hey, Andy, you look great. What are you up to? And I said, I'm living my tapas life. It just uh, dropped out of my head like a gumball, you know. And uh, that's how the book title came about. And, you know, what the, what the book really does is I, I found that to be a really difficult prog process, that assembly process, because I had no roadmap. So I decided to write a step-by-step -step roadmap that might help others. And it's part of my meaningful tapa. In fact, the last tapa I added to my tapas life was a meaningful tapa because I had developed this really cool life that was really fun and enjoyable and interesting, but was all hedonic. It was all for my pleasure. And after a while, it felt a little hollow, as nice as it was. And I found I, I needed to add something meaningful, which eventually became coaching, mostly life coaching, which I, you know, studied for for 300 hours and have now been doing for 10 years and is great. And when I wrote the book, it was part of my meaningful tapa. I'm not going to make any big money off this book and I, I don't have any desire to be famous, mm -hmm. 
My only intent was that some people would pick it up, read it, and find a process to assemble an interesting and rewarding life after their long career. And that would feel good to me because I would be helping someone else. Mm. So tell us about the tapas that you talk about in your book, just, you know, a couple briefly, um, because I would assume and correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have your tapas broken down into chapters or how is it? Yes, of course. Yes, of (laughs) course. Since it's a step by step. I mean, the first, the very first thing I do is, is I hope people realize by now that yeah, this is the first time in human history when after one's long career, you don't have a few golden years and then drop dead. <laughs> you might be around for another 25 or 30 uh-huh. years. And so amongst my peers in my age group, I'm 69, mm-hmm. uh, but I've noticed over the last 10 years, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to finish working and then I'm going to play tennis or golf or bridge and travel and it's going to be great. And then I look at them and say, really, you're going to do that for 30 years without going right out of your mind Mm -hmm. or getting super bored or, as I've noticed, some have get depressed and feel listless. And so after making that point, then I go into put some structure in your life. The deal where you just get, get up out of bed, you've got no job, you know, your J-O-B is G-O-N-E, <laughs> and you, uh, you get up and now you're in your bathrobe or your PJs and you amble downstairs eventually and maybe have some breakfast and now there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And if that becomes your life, it gets pretty depressing pretty quickly. Yeah. And you feel untethered and adrift. And so I suggest put in some structure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a lot. Or if you're a very structured person, then it has to be a lot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I think about my own calendar, yeah, I get up and I come downstairs and have some breakfast and I catch up on email. And I maybe read a little bit of news and what's going on. And I take a shower and get dressed. A uh, couple of days a week, I, I work out. Uh, one day a week, I try to play some golf. I try to have lunch with a friend twice a week because social connection is so important. Mm-hmm. I take out the garbage and recycling on Thursday night. I do the laundry every other Saturday morning. I water the orchids every other Saturday morning. And so little bits of structure. Uh, After the end of the day, I like to have a glass of wine around 730. Mm -hmm. I usually have two or three coaching meetings during the course of the week with, with clients of mine. And so gradually some structure gets onto the calendar. On Fridays, my wife and I drive to our son and his young family's home, and we are caregivers to his and his wife's seven and a half month old because we chose to do that. Mm -hmm. The little guy is in daycare because both his parents have big jobs. 
He's there four days a week. Now he's with us one day a week and he's with them two days a week. Mm-hmm. Really nice. So mm-hmm. some structure. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, catch up. Yeah. And that's, you know, two really important things. First things first, you know, at this age, if you don't have a will, if you don't have a durable power of attorney for health care, you're doing a horrible disservice to your loved ones. Mm-hmm. So get that in place. And if, you, if you're a person of means, get a trust document in place. Cost you a few grand and you'll be doing a huge favor to your loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't figured out a budget, do one. It's pretty simple. You know, have one column, whether on a computer or a piece of paper. This is what we expect to come in pretty predictably in terms of income. Maybe some social security maybe some required minimum distributions from IRAs, 401ks, stuff like that. Maybe you've got some investments that throw off dividends or interest. And that's your basic income. Mm-hmm. And then in the other column, you've got your basic expenses. Mm-hmm. Any mortgage or rent, uh, food, entertainment, a travel budget, Obviously, your medical costs, any taxes you're going to have to pay, whether real estate or income or, you know, any others you might have. And guess what? That expense guy has to be equal to or less than the income guy. (laughs) And if you're looking for income because your stocks are going to go through the roof, you know, that's great. But don't count on that. Right. And then in the years where they do go up, you know, celebrate, have a fun, big trip. Yeah. Yeah. And in the years where they, you know, more your, your investment portfolio looks more like a kennel. And in those years, at least you won't be starving and trying to figure out how to make ends meet. So those, those are real basics. And then you can catch up on eh, maybe the house needs work. Maybe a kid's bedroom needs to be turned into a music studio or Mm -hmm. a study or something. Uh, Maybe you have relationships that are broken, that you can invest in repair. Mm -hmm. You can be the big person who reaches out to someone and says, I really miss our relationship. I don't know how it fell apart, but can we give it a try, see if we can get back together? maybe with a friend or a relative and those things are super rewarding and beautiful. Uh, wow. So you catch up on things and, and then you just start adding fun tapas. You know, and that's, uh, that's amazing. It's so, um, it makes me smile, but how long, cause I know you said you had like four and a half years of like trying to figure out your life, but yeah. what, what was the point when you said, okay, these are the things I'm doing or want to do. So I'm going to make this a structure and a routine of, you know, twice a week, I'm going to meet with friends, whatever. How far were you into this four and a half years before you start saying, okay, this is what I need to do to kind of keep myself going. You know, it really just happened very gradually, little by little. 
So it wasn't that there was some point where I was finally able to sit down in front of a piece of paper and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just, you know, it was like in a room in a room and the lights was were off. You know, I was just stumbling around and knocking into things. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there was just step by step, you know. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure you find that with having that structure in your tapas, that you're more fulfilled. That you're you're doing things like you said on on a regular basis without seeming like okay, well, okay, I'm up today. What am I doing? So you have your plan in place. You're not punching a clock, but you're doing something that fulfills your life. Sure, and you know most days are pretty different. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a person who likes a ton of structure. Mm-hmm. So I shared with you the little bit of structure that I have. But, you know, on any given day, it's pretty different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the only thing that's pretty much the same every day is my first thing in the morning routine mm-hmm. through getting showered and being dressed and having had breakfast and reading email and news. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is sometime during the day, not at a set time, I will practice piano. Oh. I love piano. Uh, I'm a very left brain person driven by my thoughts, very logical. Mm-hmm. And when I sit and play piano, I go entirely into my right brain, mm-hmm. right past logic and directly into a deep feeling part of me. And so for the first time, I started taking piano lessons now about 17 years ago. Wow. That was one of the things that happened. One day, I finally woke up with the energy to start something new after really? decompressing from my long career and started taking piano lessons. And now I'm pretty decent at it. I play an hour and a half to two hours every day. And so that happens sometimes during the day. But pretty random times. Uh It's not set. It's when I feel like it and it fits. Wow. You know, and that's that's beautiful. I, I love it. But I'm just thinking, so you took on something new like piano lessons. And Way back when I took piano lessons. So piano is not the easiest thing to learn. It's nope. not the most difficult, <laughs> but it's not the easiest thing. So, no. <laughs> so <laughs> what made you what made you do that? And were you afraid? Were you were you afraid? Because I mean, I've done it and I can read music. I'm pretty sure if I sat down and, and try it again, I will remember it. But yep. I'm actually kind of kind of scared to just sit down and do it again. <laughs> Okay, well, let's be specific and then more ge- more general about that. Okay. Specifically, uh, my mom was a great classical pianist and my dad was a great jazz pianist. Okay. Her parents pushed her like crazy. And as a result, as a teenager, she said, enough, I quit mm-hmm. and never played again. Mm-hmm. My dad always played jazz piano. And once in a while, I could coax out of my mom to sit down at the piano and play something from memory. They were terrific. They gave me piano lessons when I was eight. I took three lessons. Mm -hmm. And then one day the teacher said, no, that was wrong and hit my hand with a ruler. And I quit. Mm -hmm. 
And much as I loved my parents, and, and you know, they're both of blessed memory now, I fault them for not having said, oh, let's find a piano teacher who won't hit you. Right. Instead, I then didn't take piano lessons until I was 52. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, 44 yeah. years later. Yeah. And so I always loved it. Uh, somewhere along the line, I started to dabble. Mm -hmm. I could read music and it might take me two or three months to learn half a page of music. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard, but I dabbled without lessons. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I liked it. Yeah. And so eventually, okay, I've got some energy. I think I'll take some lessons. Was it hard? It was beastly hard. <laughs> and my piano teacher had about 60 or 70 kid students and about a dozen adult students. Uh -huh. And she made us come to her house five times a year in the evening and play a recital just for ourselves. Wow. And the first maybe four years... I would sit down at that recital and my hands would shake uncontrollably. I almost couldn't play. Oh, my goodness. It was terrifying. And, you know, after a few more years after that, then my hands didn't shake so much. Then I was just nervous. Mm -hmm. Now I go in, I'm still a little bit nervous, but now I play pretty well. And so it was a lot of work, but mm -hmm. I got a lot out of it. Yes. And so if we make this a little bit more general now, the thing people will do is they'll say, I want to try this, but I'm not going to be any good at it. And I'm, it's going to be hard. And uh, I, I don't know how to get started. And pretty soon nothing happens. Uh -huh. that's, that's the don't. Uh -huh. You can talk yourself out of everything. Right. But this is no longer the time of your life mm -hmm. where if you fail at something, maybe you can't pay the mortgage, mm -hmm. or maybe you get divorced, or maybe you have a kid who doesn't talk with you, mm -hmm. or you don't get promoted, or you get demoted, mm -hmm. or you flunk out of school. It's none of those. Right. Maybe now it's a time of life when you can try something and you don't have to succeed. You don't have to be great at it right away. Right. And if after a while you decide, well, this was not for me, you get to just let it go. Mm -hmm. And you're not a big failure. Mm -hmm. You were an experimenter. Mm -hmm. And then you get to mine it for learning. Mm -hmm. You get to say, huh, well, what didn't work for, for me about that? What was it about that that didn't work for me? Mm -hmm. And you get to say, well, here are some little bits that did kind of work for me. And then that informs the next thing you might try to do. Mm -hmm. But the really, the really big don't is don't paralyze yourself with, 
oh, I don't know. I might be lousy at this. I was going to be hard. Don't do that to yourself. This is a time of your life that can be so rich and rewarding Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things that always seem kind of interesting to you. Right. Can be your oyster, can be your cup of tea. You can try it out and you can find some terrific things that are energizing and delicious. Mm. Wow. Yes. I, I love, I love your, your mindset. I love your perspective because it is, and it's, it's funny because I, I made 50 this year and um, I was like, this is going to be the best half of my life. That's it. I I'm going to all the stupid things and the mistakes and whatever I did the first half of my life. I'm like, not worried about that anymore. This is going to be the best half of my life. So that's, that's how I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do those things. And it's funny you mentioned piano because that was one of my things. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to pick up piano again, (laughs) maybe in a few years and, and get my lessons back because like you, I, I took a few lessons mainly because that was something my mother wanted me to do. That wasn't, I think I wanted to play like the saxophone or something. And she was like, no, you're going to play piano. Yep. And I went through maybe a year or so of, of lessons. And then I found, I was just like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but like I said, I can read, I can read music and I do know the basic keys, but I was like, you know, I would love to actually learn how to play where I can actually sit down and play decently. You know, I don't have to be, you know, like you said, the best piano player, but I would like to be able to just sit around the house and and play some music. So I think in the next couple of years, uh, when I have a little time, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, it's it's great. And and not everybody is a player of music, Mm -hmm. but most people enjoy listening to music. And you can do that at live venues. Mm-hmm. especially, you know, if COVID, you know, ever eventually dwindles a little bit more. Or, uh, you know, you can do that from recorded music so easily these days, streaming or collections. And it's a nice thing to do with friends. It's another opportunity for social connection. And mm-hmm. and most people do enjoy music. And, and you don't have to play it and work at it. You can enjoy it anyway. Right. But good on you, Trina. <laughs> You know, you probably you won't get, <laughs> you probably won't get where you want to be in a month or two. No. But if you give it a little bit and you give it a little bit, it'll give you a lot back. Yes. 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 Well, Andy, you know what? We're going to go into our questions because you have just inspired and motivated me. So now I feel like we're just going to go to the questions because okay. it's a good segue. Has the excitement for your business disappeared or been replaced by the tough financial reality in your life? Let us help you stay strong as a leader and set the course to putting your name in history by joining our free five-day challenge, Make It Rain, the Legacy Event. With invaluable knowledge accumulated by global leaders from around the world, we will help you break away from your self-limiting beliefs and get you closer to achieving financial abundance. Secure your spot today. At the pivotmaestro.com forward slash MIR dash event dash register. Okay, 
who or what motivates you? Uh, I motivate me. I, uh, I learned along the way a great thing. For things to change first, I must change. Nobody causes anything for me. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm the author of this life for me. Wow. So yes, I'm, I'm my sole motivator. You know, I had never heard that answer. So that's a good one. Thank you. What demotivates you? Um, I, I won't say that I get demotivated ever. I, I get annoyed, frustrated, and depressed when I see people defeating themselves or doing things that seem to me pretty obvious are mean towards others and not caring about others. Okay. It, it really just motivates me to spread more joy in the world and be a better person. Mm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Uh, I guess at one point I had a, a CEO of the big company that I was working for who seemed to imply that I didn't know what I was doing. Hmm. And I did know what I was doing. And I made sure that he became aware, more aware of what I was doing and that he came to appreciate it. Hmm. And that, you know, certainly redounded to my benefit. Okay. What is your fear? Uh, my main fear is that despite my efforts on good health, I eat well, I exercise. Despite that, I worry that my health will give out in a way that will be difficult for those around me. Hmm. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? It's, uh, it's, it's really petty. It's <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> I take it all. I take it all. <laughs> it's really petty. Okay. Go ahead. But, but that, that same CEO, mm -hmm. one day I was having lunch with a friend at a nice restaurant and he walked in and walked up and. And said, oh, hi, Andy, and put his hand out to shake it. And I would have liked to just not reach back out to shake his head. <laughs> I would have liked to just look at him and just glare a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? 
Well, probably many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be pretty logical, as I said, and sometimes somebody will say something, and I will allow I will allow myself to be provoked by it, mm. and answer from an emotional place that's not useful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, moments later, I would rather not have yeah. done that. And yeah. has that happened to me enough times that <laughs> I can uh, count? Yeah, probably not. Probably more than I can count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, what is your definition of success? Uh, well, I'm I'm a uh, family person, and so I always optimized my career in favor of family. I pa- passed up many job opportunities that would have made me. Uh, literally tens of millions of dollars that I never made. I never really became wealthy like that because I would have lost any time and presence with my family. So family is very important. And as long as I have good family relationships and the family is healthy and living the lives that they wish to, which for all four of us are very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as long as that's what's going on, that that feels like a successful life to me. And if uh, if I'm living by the golden rule, then then that's uh, that's really good. Mm, I love that. How do you recharge? I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. so. Most are surprised to hear it because I'm uh, can be quite gregarious and seem mm-hmm. very outgoing. But uh, being an introvert doesn't mean you're a wallflower and sit in the corner by yourself. It means that uh, you get your energy uh, from being by yourself. So I use energy to be with other people, mm-hmm. and I recharge being by myself. Mm-hmm. And so being at the piano, doing a crossword puzzle, Mm -hmm. reading some science, uh, being outside in nature, going for a bike ride, that's how I recharge. I love it because I'm an introvert as well. And I like being by myself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What are you awesome at? What am I awesome at? I'm awesome at lighting other people up. So I have a life purpose Mm -hmm. that I developed during coaching school when I was learning to be a coach 10 years ago. My life purpose is that I am the mischievous imp who spreads pixie dust from deep within that lights people up. So I go around spreading joy, Trina. Oh, that's nice. What legacy do you want to leave? Uh, My children. I want to have with my wife created Mm -hmm. another generation of fine humans who are living ethically, morally, and being good humans. Mm. 
give the listeners one motivational takeaway. After your long career, reconnect with your spouse. Figure out what you want life to be in these next 20 or 30 years. Now that kids are grown and living their own lives. And remember the quote from Robert Browning's poem, Rabbi Ben Ezra. It says, Come, grow old with me. The best is yet to be, the last of life for which the first was made. Mm. That was beautiful. So tell the listeners how they can connect with you, how they can get their book, if they need coaching or whatever. Go ahead and tell the listeners. Uh, you can go to tapaslife.com, T-A-P-A-S-L-I-F-E.com is my website. And you can read what people have said about the book and articles that have been published and stuff like that. And there's a link there also to Amazon, which is the place where you can buy my book. If you're a person who likes a book in your hand, you can buy a paperback there. Uh, and if you're a person who likes a download, you can download a Kindle version there. They're dirt cheap. It's an easy read. Uh, everybody who has read it tells me, who knows me, tells me it's like having an enjoyable conversation with me. And uh, I hope you go grab one because it'll be useful to you. It's step by step easy to consume. And I wrote it to be helpful to you. Wow. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a joy speaking with you. Thank you, Trina. I appreciate you including me and good on you. Go get those piano lessons. That's I will. I'm going to always remember you because you, you just (laughs) inspired me. (laughs) If you like Trina Talk Podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination.